0: Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Praise God. I'm, <clears throat> I'm really uh, looking forward, I have been, have been looking forward to tonight, and I'm, <clears throat> now that I'm here, I'm really looking forward to the night. <clears throat> this is, uh, tonight is part two of a message called "Great Expectations," and and <clears throat> truthfully, I I was going to close tonight, but then I got further inspired, and so next week will be part three and probably the conclusion, <clears throat> unless <clears throat> uh, the Apostle Paul <clears throat> was really an awesome guy, wasn't he? <clears throat> Incredible. Man of God, probably the greatest man of God to to live. Uh, He just was incredible. He was he was so he had such a God-inspired attitude. He wrote from his prison cell in Philippians chapter one, verse twenty. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, though with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, <clears throat> whether by life or by death. <clears throat> Paul had it, this intense anticipation about the future, and you know, you and I should as well, <clears throat> because of who we serve. That was, that was a real good place to shout Amen. We have every reason to have great expectations in and for our lives. And we, as God's people, need to set our hope in God. This is what it's speaking here about, setting their hope in God and not forget the works of God. The word set that's used here, it it can mean to plant. We need to plant our hopes in God. One of the other meanings is to paint. And I thought of that and see, we are going to be painting a picture in our life. Some people paint their lives with doom and gloom, don't they? We hear it all the time on the news, and that's kind of the future and, and people. Sometimes you ask somebody how they're doing, and then they tell you. And, and it's some, some people, their outlook is doom and gloom. We, we don't need to have an outlook of doom and gloom. We ought to have an outlook of expectation and hope. I would much rather hope than mope. Wouldn't you? God wants us to have high hopes. In Romans 15 and verse 13, it says, Now, somebody say, Now, Now. may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we touched on these thoughts last week, and this week, what we're going to do is focus this week and next week, focus in on the object of our hope, or better put, we're going to focus on the person that our hopes rest in. And that person is Jesus Christ. The Bible gives us tremendous promises uh, about him working and moving in our life. In 2 Peter 2 and verse 6 in the Amplified, it reads like this. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, and this is talking about Jesus. Behold, I am laying in Zion a chosen stone, a precious, honored cornerstone, and he who believes in him... Whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Him will never be disappointed in His expectations. That is an incredible promise. Wouldn't you say that if our expectations are in Him, they will never be disappointed? Say "Never." never be disappointed. Now, in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, this is what I'm going to key in on tonight and then next Wednesday night. It's speaking prophetically of Jesus and and of the last days, but it's talking about two names of his. And he says, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and true. You and I tonight can be confident in our expectations of him because he is faithful and he is true. Tonight we're going to look at his faithfulness and then next Wednesday night we're going to talk about his truthfulness. He is true to his promise and his word. Jesus is faithful. Say faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, says, God is faithful <clears throat> by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. What this means is he can be depended on. Aren't you glad to have someone who can be depended on? How many know sometimes we have dependence on people in this life that are not necessarily dependable? But if we have our reliance, our expectations in him, we'll never be disappointed because he is faithful, he can be depended on. If we're going to rely on Jesus in this year, then it might also be helpful to look back. Our confidence uh, in his faithfulness now is linked to his dependability and his faithfulness uh, in our past. And he has been faithful, hasn't he? Now, next week, a week from this Friday, February 1st, uh, is going to be my spiritual birthday in the Lord. It'll be 44 years that I gave my life to Christ week from Friday. See, God has shown himself faithful in my life. I uh, was a mess. We all were. Whether we knew it or not, we were. I, I was a young guy. I was, uh, it was just before my 19th birthday. I was 18 years old. I had... Uh, in high school had dropped out my senior year that wasn't that I, I, if you're in high school i would encourage you stay in <laughs> senior year of high school dropped out because i was an idiot <laughs> but, but uh, god can help idiots can he <laughs> thank god <laughs> but during that time i that's uh the summer I had come out to Arizona to, to go backpacking. Uh, I, was, uh, I had been born and raised in Huntsville, Alabama, but I'd come out west to go backpacking. I was into that then. And while I was uh, in uh, there, I was in the Williams area, I had been backpacking with some fellow hippies. And uh, <clears throat> it was summertime, and I had found out there was a, a part time job during the summer with the Forest Service. They were uh, shutting down the forest because it was dry back then. And so... To get hired on, I wanted, I decided, man, I'd like to stick around for a while, so I wanted to get hired on, but to get hired on, I, I needed a high school diploma or equivalent, like the GED. So, I drove in the Flagstaff, went to NAU, uh, uh, was tested, the GED, passed it, and so uh, went back to Williams. I didn't get the job, but I got the GED. <laughs> <laughs> And it helps, see, I didn't know it at the time, but God was so setting me up to bring me to a place to where I could hear about Jesus. Now, I went back to Alabama, was hanging out there for a while being an idiot. I need to quit using that word, don't I? Okay, I was just being what I was, and you, you can infer your own inference. <laughs> And so I was trying to figure out what in the world I was going to do with my life, and I, I, I had an idea. I didn't know it at the time, but God put it in my mind, in my heart, and had set things up. I liked Arizona, and being a good hippie, I liked the mountains, I liked the trees, I liked the wilderness, and so I decided I'd go to college in Flagstaff and major in forestry. Right. Then I could enjoy the nature being a forest ranger well th- i came i was and I, I had uh got into the uh to the uh they called it spring semester it was uh, in the uh cold of winter in january but i had applied too late i had the 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 man dr fredericks who had tested me for the ged worked and manipulated some things for me that I didn't even apply, I don't think, until like mid-December or something. And he worked and manipulated things to where he got me in for that next semester. He he was used by God, and uh, I got in three weeks after I got to college. I was uh, was messed up. I was despondent, and I cried out to God— And I said, God, I I don't know what to do. I need you to send somebody to tell me what I should do. And so the next, this was on a Thursday night. The next morning, I had gotten a newspaper and was looking through the ads of places to rent cheap. And I saw an ad for this old travel trailer that had been stuck in a little trailer court. Uh, and and it was ninety nine dollars a month, including utilities. <laughs> this is in 1975, so a few years ago, and and that sounds cheap, doesn't it? <clears throat> it was not a good deal. It was a rip off. <laughs> the place was anyway. Beyond that, it was it was a place cheap to live, and so I. Called up, this is Friday morning, called up the the number, and the guy said, I'm working, and I will meet you uh, at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Friday, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we meet. He says, uh, I said, I want the trailer. He says, don't you want to see it first? I said, nope, the price is right. And so I, being habitually early every place I ever go, got there early, little dinky trailer court, but my the little travel trailer was stuck on the back end of it, and I was walking into that trailer court, and this guy comes walking up to me, and he says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm here to rent, uh, uh, I'm here for that trailer, <laughs> and he, I'm here to talk about that trailer. And he said, well, it's already been rented. I said, yep. I know. I'm the guy that rented it. And he says, no. He says, I'm sorry. But he says, I saw the owner talking with another guy. I saw money change hands, and it's already been rented. And I thought, what a ripoff. And I turned away, disgusted, went back to the place where I was staying. And then the next morning, Saturday morning, I woke up, and I just thought, that was kind of weird. And so, I made the call again to the guy. When he got on the phone, he said... uh, where were you last night? <clears throat> and I said, I, I explained what happened, explained the, guy, the about the guy, described the guy to him. He said, I have absolutely no idea who you talked to, uh, but that trailer is still available. What do you want? I said, yeah. He says, when can you move in? I said, right now. I met him, paid the money, and that more t- several hours after talking to him, I was moving my uh, little stuff into that uh, travel trailer, and a man, pastor of the little four-square gospel church just two blocks up the street, came walking up to me, shared Jesus with me, invited me out to a gospel rock concert that night. I went out. That, see, I had prayed two nights before. God, I don't know what to do. Send somebody to talk to me. He sent the pastor, Ron Jones, uh, of that four, little pioneer Foursquare square gospel church to me, told me about Jesus. I went out that night and got S-A-V-E-D saved. <clears throat> Changed my whole life. On a side note, I never saw that guy again who had lied to me about the trailer. Uh, I, now, I don't believe that the devil has necessarily foresight. The only thing that he can predict as far as foresight is maybe what the Word of God says uh, and his demise. You, anyway, that's another subject for another time. But <laughs> I don't believe that he could foresee necessarily predict what was going to happen, but I do believe this. He watches our life. The devil does. He knew that I was wanting to move into that trailer. Ron Jones, the pastor of that church, had been talking to another man. The reason why he came into the trailer court is he was going to sell a used car to a guy in that trailer court, and the devil, putting two and two together, I believe, tried to get me away from the right place at the right time, but can I tell you something tonight? God is faithful, intervened, and put me in the right place at the right time to hear about Jesus, and the rest is history. If you and I are going to have an expectation for God's faithfulness in our future, then sometimes it helps to look back on what he has done for us. Listen, in every one of our lives, our past will shout the faithfulness of God. God has made some memories. If if you have been born again and have served God for any length of time, then you have some memories uh, between you and God. Just you getting to a place and God bringing you a place where you could give your life to Christ, that was a setup. That was God's mercy. That was God's grace. That was God's compassion on your life uh, and on my life to bring us to a place to where we could receive Him. And we have memories of God's intervention in our life. We have a history of His faithfulness in our lives, don't we? Amen. Beth Moore, I appreciate this. she calls it uh, his story. His story. God is writing His story in our lives. And tonight, our active remembrance of God's faithfulness yesterday will greatly increase our ability to trust Him today and tomorrow. And we need to remember, don't we? God's intervention, God's faithfulness. See, one of our big problems is we tend to have amnesia when we're going through something today it tends to uh, make us forget what God has done. It's almost like, man, I just wish God, you know, God does things. I wish he would do something sometime. I wish God would do something. He never does anything for me. Really? (laughs) He has done everything for us. And if we've been born again, then he has done everything to bring us into the kingdom of God. And we were able to because he gave us grace to be saved. And if tonight you have not given your life to Christ, guess what? He set you up. He did. Set you up to be here tonight to hear about his love and his grace. And tonight can be the beginning of your seeing his faithful His faithfulness has been in through your whole life, Amen. bringing you to a place to where you could receive and respond. Yep. See, we need to actively and aggressively remember God's faithfulness. I want you to say this with me tonight. God has been faithful to me. He has, hasn't he? Lamentations 3, verse 21 through 23, Jeremiah is saying, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, Jeremiah has been thinking about God. You know, sometimes what we need to do is we need to recall, we need to think about what God's done for us. And as he was thinking about it, you know, he was thinking about God's mercy. When we think about God's mercies toward us, when we think about His compassion for us, and then when we think about that, they, he gets a whole new batch of those mercies and compassions and throws them at us every morning, every single morning, a whole new batch of his mercy and compassion. When he, we think about that, uh, you know what? Uh, about all we can do is shout, Great is your faithfulness and I think this is what Jeremiah was doing he was thinking about remembering recalling God's mercy God's compassion uh, uh, and that it's all new every single day and I think he shouted I don't think I'm taking liberties uh, in this uh, this portion of scripture by saying Jeremiah uh, shouted great is your faithfulness I have a hard time thinking about Jeremiah recalling all of God's mercies his compassions all his goodness and all of that and then just uh, sitting there and and with a monotone dull voice going, great is your faithfulness. I just don't see it. How about you? I think he probably was thinking about it, got welled up inside and he had to conclude uh, that verse 23 by shouting, great is your faithfulness. And I think tonight As we're here in this place, we think about God's mercy, compassion, brand new every morning. We ought to shout it, great is your faithfulness. I'm sure you can shout it again, great is your faithfulness. See, historically, God's people messed up when they forgot his faithfulness. Psalm 106, verse 7, says, When our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. You know why some people backslide and rebel against God? They forget. They forget all that God has done for them. In Psalm 106, 12 and 13, It says about the Israelis again, then they believed his promises and sang his praise. Verse 13, it shifts. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. See, I sometimes have been reading through the Old Testament about Israel. They get right with God and then they fall off the wagon again, get right with God, fall off the wagon. Man, those guys fell off the wagon all the time, didn't they? (laughs) Why did they do that? Why did they backslide? Why did they rebel against God? And the answer is simple. They kept forgetting God's goodness to them. And so tonight, I think we ought to tell God, I won't forget your faithfulness to me. God never forgets his promises to us. And in turn, he intends for us never to forget his faithfulness to fulfill them. Our expectation of God's moving in our life today will be greatly multiplied if we remember his faithfulness in our past. So I'm going to talk just for a little bit about several areas where we can be expectant to see God's faithfulness in tomorrow, in our future. Now, there's a ton of things we could talk about, but I just want to touch on three briefly where the Bible tells us his faithfulness comes through. Listen, God's faithfulness will keep us uh, from being overcome by temptation. Now, I want, I want you to hear this tonight, because in, in this, uh, there are people sometime who allow themselves to be overcome by temptation. We still have our own will. God never overrides our own free will. And if we want to go ahead and pour ourselves headlong in to sin and to temptation, we can do that if we decide to. Isn't that right? We still have a chore. We still can do it. But listen, God is faithful to do all that he can to keep us out of trouble. Somebody say, "Lord, keep me out, help keep me out of trouble." <laughs> yeah. 1 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, "No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, say God is faithful." who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, this verse is important, and it's important to understand what is said and what is not said in this verse. First of all, what is not said is that God just mixes up temptation and then throws it on us. God doesn't put temptation on our lives. Now, sometimes folks may be wrestling with with temptation, with an addiction or habit or some kind of uh, chronic bad behavior. It's something that's been on them for a long time, and they may say something like, I don't know why God is putting this on me. And I get it. You know, some have been given the idea over the years uh, that everything that happens to them, whether good or bad, it's all just somehow God. And I want you to know tonight, I want you to hear it tonight, that's not true. Everything that happens in our life isn't something God puts on us. We need to understand this. It's so important that God doesn't tempt us. He isn't like a cop doing a sting operation where he dangles something out there for that he knows that we may be tempted toward and say, well, we'll just see. I'll just dangle it out there, put it out there in front of them, and then see what they do, and if they go for it, then I'll bust them lights and busted. Can I tell you something? That's not God. That isn't how God does. I can, it's how the devil does. You know, the devil will tempt you. The devil will try to lure you. And then once you fall for it, uh, he'll bust you. He will. He tries to mess our testimony up. To those that we've been sharing with, he'll dangle things out there, tempt us, and then when we give in to it, then he'll blow the whistle. Look, that's the way the devil works. It is. Not God. Say, "Not not God. James 1 13 and 14 says, Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Say nobody. <laughs> but each one is tempted when he was drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That's pretty clear, isn't it? It tells us that it isn't God who tempts us, it's our own nature that draws us. God doesn't ever tempt us to sin or to lust or to drink, get high, or any other kind of sin. We're tempted because we have a human nature. We may be drawn towards something, but listen to what the Bible does say. It does say that God is faithful, who will always be there to help us. He is not there to set us up, to nail us, he is there to help us. And listen again. And First Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you, but such except as such is as common to man. But God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God's a really good God tonight. He is faithful to help us overcome anything that tempts us in life. And I am here to give you some good news. That good news is that we can make it, that we can overcome temptation, that no matter how tempted, we may feel at the moment, God is faithful, who if we just will give him the opportunity, he'll rush in with his help and help us escape. And don't we know, don't all of us know, that God has helped us escape a number of times. Somebody say, whew. Isn't that right? So first of all, God will help us to overcome temptation. Secondly, God's faithfulness will protect us from the devil and his attacks. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3 in the Amplified, it says, but the Lord is faithful. Say, the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you, setting you on a firm foundation, and will protect and guard you from the evil one. Thank God for that thank God, what a promise. We do not have to be afraid of the devil or his attacks. Now, there are a lot of TV shows and there are lots of movies today that glorify the power of the devil. And I'm not here to tell you that he has no power. He does have power over some lives. Those who don't know Christ he, he brings untold misery, heartache, uh, and disappointment uh, in lives throughout the world. Uh, but listen, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ uh, because we have trusted in him, we can have a confidence in the faithfulness of God to protect and guard us from the evil one. Somebody shout hallelujah. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority, and he's talking here about authority over demonic powers, on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Say all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now tell yourself it's a done deal. It is a done deal. we got to trust him. We trust in God's faithfulness to protect us from the wiles, from the attacks, from the tricks, from the temptations, from all of the things the devil would attempt to bring against us. We do not have to fear the devil. We have a reverence of God and a trust in him and his faithfulness uh, to protect us from the evil one. There's a verse of Scripture that I uh, just read in, the, uh, in the, uh, uh, my devotions yesterday. I didn't put them in the notes. It's, if you're taking some notes, you can write, not this one. I'll read that in a minute. Anyway, Colossians 1, 13, it says, He has delivered us. Say, delivered me. From the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When Colossians 1 and verse 13 says he has delivered us, this is so good, because what it literally is expressing, this word delivered, it pictures uh, him taking us, uh, uh, snatching us out of the power of darkness, snatching us forcefully out of the way of the devil. I'm like that picture. I'm so glad. That That I am not under the dominion or bondage of the powers of darkness, but God rescued us, didn't he? He is faithful. He has snatched us out of the hand of the enemy and conveyed us, presented us into the kingdom of his Son. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. And I'm finally going to get to this last portion of Scripture here, and the last area that we can count on God's faithfulness, and that is to keep us until we make heaven our home. This is a wonderful promise. 1 Thessalonians 5:23 and 24. Probably most of you have already read it since it's been up there for so long. Now, now say that word again, now. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. I hope we all get this. See, because there are some times that, that we wonder, God, I really want to make it, but I wonder if I'm going to make it. And tonight, I'm here to declare to you by the living Word of God and the promise of God, if you want to make it, you're going to make it. The only one who will not make it is the one who rejects and says, I don't want to make it. But if you want to make it, I got great news for you tonight. You're going to make it. Why? It isn't all about... It, it didn't all. Now, when we gave our lives to Christ, we committed ourselves to Him, didn't we? We entrusted ourselves. We said, Jesus, I want you to save me. I want you to guide me. I want you to direct me, and I want to make heaven my home. We did that, didn't we, to get born again. We committed our lives to him. We entrusted our lives to him. But I want you to know that we have so much more to rely on than our commitment. The only reason we were able to do that in the first place is because of the grace of God, for by grace we've been saved uh, through. Faith and not not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are able to come to Him, we had to make the choice, but we chose Him because He gave us the grace to understand and to respond. And tonight, if you've ever been worried about, Am I gonna make it? I'm telling you, by the Word of God, God is faithful says that he will preserve our spirit, soul, and body. That pretty much wraps it up for who we are. Your spirit soul, and body, our whole person, spirit, soul, and body being preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of the rapture. I know I've talked to Christians sometimes that said, man, I just hope I make it. Ah, man, the rapture, it kind of spooky, kind of scares me, the thought of Jesus coming back and me being left behind. I got news for you tonight. His return is something for us to be happy about. Not fearful about, not wondering, questioning. Am I going to make it? Why are we going to make it? Because God is faithful. Verse 24 He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. (laughs) That's wonderful. We're going to make it. Say, I'm going to make it because God is faithful. Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about him being true. He's true to his word. He's true to his promises. Uh, And I think I'm just going to stop right here. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Praise God. He is so faithful. He is so good. He is not, uh, he doesn't try to set us up so that we'll fail. He sets us up for success. He sets us up to make it. Because he's faithful. He is faithful. Tonight, maybe you are here and have never given your life to Christ, or maybe you've been away from him for a a time, and you say, you know what, I, I just dare to believe that Jesus loves me, paid the price for me, and I want him to forgive me tonight. And across this building, no one looking around for a moment, If you've never given your life to Christ, you've been away from it, but tonight you say, you know what, I want to ask him to forgive me. Come into my life. I want to see God's faithfulness in my life tonight. And you will if you just simply make a simple decision. No one looking around for a moment. You just slip your hand up, and by that hand lifted up, you say, you know, pray for me tonight. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. Honest hearts. You can put your hands down. God bless you. Praise God. Let's stand tonight. We're going to pray together in just a moment. And and what we're going to pray, there are those, if you wouldn't mind, just bowing your heads for a moment longer and closing your eyes. Across the building, there are others. You know, you have given your life to Christ. You have been born again. But there's been this lingering uh, thought or question or fear that you're not going to make it. And can I tell you something tonight? If you want to make it, you're going to make it. And the reason that's true is not because I say so, but because God is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful who will also do it. He's going to help you. You want to make it, you're going to make it, because God is faithful. If this is something that you've been uh, fearful of, no one looking around for a moment, this is between you and God, but just in response between you and God, you say, with a hand lifted up, you know, I have had a, a fear that I'm going to miss it, not going to make it, and tonight, you know what, God wants to reveal His faithfulness to you and break that lie of the enemy. You just slip your hand up, no one looking around for a moment. God bless you. Honest hearts throughout this building. Amen. It's a lie. You're going to make it. Say, I'm going to make it. it. Pray this with me, would you? Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I do believe you are faithful, and you were faithful in giving your life for me. I ask, you I ask you to forgive me to forgive. of all of my sin, my sin. Live, within my live within my heart. I commit my life, commit my life to, you. to you, and I am thankful, I am thankful Jesus, Jesus, that you are, you are faithful. You will keep me. You will, you will preserve, me preserve me until your return. Until I trust trust. in your faithfulness faithfulness. to keep me. me. Thank you for that. that. In your wonderful name, the name name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now let's give the Lord a big clap. on. thank him for his faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.